0: Welcome back to a new episode of 100 Steps to Drag. The podcast where I sit down with your favorite drag artist to ask them all the tea about how they got started, where they want to go, and what is next. Brand new week, brand new episode, brand new guest that I have on here in my virtual living room. I am so excited. We were having such a great conversation and we're like, oh shit, we're not even recording yet. <laughs> so I know this is going to be a good episode episode because this guest provides uh, such a unique perspective of drag i love the art that they do they are so creative with their crafts with their makeup with their design work and i'm just so excited to have them honey so please give them a warm welcome to hitchcock blonde
1: oh natasha hundreds miss hundreds if you're nasty thank you so much for having me thank you for being here i'm gonna be honest i fangirled a little bit hearing you do that in person That's so, like, crazy. (laughs) As drag artists, like, we're not
0: always, like, accustomed to, like, oh getting flowers, you know? Because a lot of my guests are like, oh my gosh, like, thank you. And I'm like, girl, you deserve all the motherfucking flowers. What are you talking about?
1: You mean drag goes underappreciated? I never would have guessed. (laughs) Underpaid? underappreciated? In Los Angeles? No, ma'am. But thank you. No, thank you. That was an incredible intro. Thank you. I mean, I think before we started recording, you already heard I was gushing about you I was talking about how much you pop up on my 40 you page how much I've seen you working in the scene you're good friends with some of my good duties like Paradiso Lavor, Moonshine, Catalina de Isla, former guests of the pod we love the divas.
0: We love the divas oh my gosh yeah they're my oh, my sisters I love 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 them all like it's been crazy because before I started doing drag I thought it was gonna be like super bitchy and everyone was gonna be like oh But everyone's been nothing but incredible.
1: Honestly, that's what I found too. As long as you're not like actively creating enemies or causing trouble, everyone seems to get along pretty well.
0: Literally, as long as you're not steering the pod, talking shit, doing all that you'll be fine trust us
1: I mean honey there's a place for that too and we love that drag queens are gonna drag queen you know what I mean
0: (laughs) (laughs) the queers are gonna queer and talk shit and stir the pot but like you said there's a place in a twine also I love your hair I'm so sorry that the audience can't see this like beautiful fuchsia hair that you had did you have that at Redline like when we spoke
1: (laughs) I just redid it yeah so you saw the much faded version of this I just redid it the other day Oh, I love it. Thank you so much. I'm in my like pink hair, Hayley Williams, Paramore era. Yes,
0: I'm here for it. So Hitchcock, I like to do like a little icebreaker question for some of my queens. So the question is, and I just found this on TikTok like probably five minutes before <laughs> we started. If you had the chance to be another drag artist for one day and walk on their shoes, which one would that person be and why? Ooh.
1: If I got to be another drag artist for a day. hmm.
0: I can go first. I can give you like a little time. Cause I obviously I I had time to think about this, but I thought about Delta work. Oh, that's
1: such a great
0: choice. (laughs) The diva, the podcast diva herself award winning. Oh my God. I would just love to be Delta work and I go to a subway to see what's the the worker's
1: reaction. I mean, honey, (laughs) you're halfway there. I wish I wish Delta. I've always found like Delta kind of radiates this old drag glamour. And I don't mean to call her old. Sorry, Delta. I know you're listening. She has this presence about her that yeah, it's really alluring. I could totally see wanting to be Delta for a day. Yeah,
0: and like when she performs, like the presence that she commands, how she grabs your money, like her essence. (laughs) I just saw a TikTok where she has like this bottle of perfume and she's like teaching the children how to put it on and she's like, and then she puts it on the right way and she's like, yes. Oh my God, this is just iconic.
1: I think I've seen the video. She puts it on her wrist like such a lady.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) I'm like, oh, this is, I could see this like all day.
1: No, totally. I absolutely love it. I'm right there with you. Okay. I feel like this is such a basic answer, but after the Architectural Digest video, I have to say RuPaul. Like that Beverly Hills mansion looks like a Beetlejuice dream. I just- Literally. And like all the disco balls, that amount of money, honey. Hello.
0: I would also like to like, at least spend a day in her house.
1: Right? I mean, even for the house, even for like the makeup artistry of it all, the wigs the gowns gorgeous gowns the husband <laughs> oh yes right isn't he australian new zealand uh, something like that yeah he's like super tall because rue is
0: very tall and he's even taller i'm like oh my god
1: i know i love it i love like the behind the scenes lives of drag queens are so fascinating to me i mean hello i'm on 100 steps to drag
0: oh, hello this <laughs> are you kidding me
1: hello <laughs> Yes. Oh, and then the Georges element. If I was RuPaul, I could have a date with Georges. True. she would be like, hey, girl, come over. Let's smoke <laughs> some weed. Very that. Oh, wouldn't you want to? I feel like that would be the best time. Smoking with Georges, kicking with Georges.
0: I know that will happen one day. I am manifesting this right now. One day I'll be smoking a fat blunt with Georges. So we're going to be like... <laughs> Laughing like RuPaul. (laughs) Oh, literally.
1: Yeah, I see it for you. I see Delta, too. That's very attainable as a podcast hostess yourself.
0: she's uh, a Long Beach legend. She has a a show at Executives.
1: Oh, that's right. The Long Beach drag scene. Can we talk about it for a second? Let's do it. So I I think about LA drag like a layer cake. Okay, (laughs) okay. Like, like, uh, on the top, on the top, you have like the icing and the decoration. And to me, that's very WeHo. That's very like, you go to WeHo for the aesthetic. You go to WeHo for the glamor of it all. I'm talking the Abbey. I'm talking Heavenly Bodies when Sasha Colby was there. I'm talking like the Divas. And then I feel like the the body of the cake. That's like <laughs> DTLA. Hang on, hang with me. Hang in there, hang in there.
0: No, you're, you're making sense. You're making sense. I, I'm following. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I am I might just be hungry you're talking about cake? Cake,
0: you want to start, <laughs> honey?
1: Literally, DTLA, that's like the, the cake, okay? And that's like, I just feel like a mix of a ton of stuff. I'm thinking about the House of Spreads, I'm thinking about the girls that kind of travel all around. I'm also thinking about the Rue Girls and Bitch Pudding and the Dragula Girls. You know, it's like a good mix. And then, honey, the Long Beach Divas. That's um, the foundation. That's the base, honey. That's the foundation. That's the bottom layer, okay? It's like, that's where you go if you want the drag queen's drag queen. That's where you go if you want, like, polish and, like, uh It's the drag I don't do. It's, like, the pageant Everything has its place. Everything is rhinestoned. And then even when it's different, it's, like, it's still really elevated I
0: love that analogy I'm obsessed because you're totally right like that decoration is like you know what people want to see you know like what we see in like media and tv like that's what you find in WeHo and then yes DTLA is like a mixture of like all these things all the different kind of drag and Long Beach is just like if you go drag queen that is probably what you will find in Long Beach. like rhinestones and all that gigorama.
1: like included in that I include Land Insider and, and I include like bringing drag kings and all. Ultimately- Alternative performers to Long Beach. I don't know if they're based in Long Beach, but I feel like I see them on Long Beach Flyers a lot. Is also King Phantom. Shout out to King Phantom. Shout
0: out to King Phantom, also for another pod.
1: <laughs> and also just like a polished king. I feel like there's something about the Long Beach scene that really kind of turns everyone into like, you know, start out as coal, turn into a diamond. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's funny, a
0: couple of months ago, I was at the Henny Games. It's so fun. Shout out to the Henny Games. If you live in LA and you haven't done the Henny Games, it's a a blast. It's so fun. I have it. You have it? Call me out. Drag me. I have not. Miss ma'am. You better do
1: it. Well, we can talk about it. I mean, like, first of all, Isadora, I know you're listening. I'm waiting for a night with a fierce blonde. I know she already did Lady Gaga, but oh, honey. Henny, bring back the Henny. Bring back Gaga. Henny, you better bring back Gaga. And I forgot what night
0: was it. I think it was Dua Lipa. I forgot. But I was there and then Miss Jenny Tonic was performing also Long Beach diva. And I was talking to one of my friends there. I, you know, there's like lip sync battles and we were talking about like, oh, how is she doing versus the other one? And she's like, Jenny's just giving Long Beach drag which is exactly, I knew exactly what she meant. Like polished nails, rhinestones everything was like in place. So I love that. If you want to see like that, come over to Long Beach, Henny. Come over to Beach Garden Social House.
1: <laughs> Very that. The couple times I'm down there I obviously executive suite like you have to. You have to. It's like the quintessential is lipstick divas lipstick divas definitely and yeah i'm just so impressed with that scene and again i like their queens have already mentioned like paradisa and moonshine that i just love and obviously hey present company included of course henny
0: we're, we're making it out there we're making it out there too but listen we've talked a lot about other drag artists and you are the start of the show it's all about you so let's rewind a little bit and i haven't like known you known you so i super excited. How did you start a drag and, like how long have you been doing
1: it? I don't know for me this is a semi-complicated answer <laughs> I tell people I've been doing drag for two years because I've been doing drag as Hitchcock in LA for two years and I feel like it's only really mattered for those two years but obviously I mean before then I was a teenager in my bedroom like playing with makeup I grew up in Georgia in Duluth, Georgia kind of like a middle class white suburb kind of area and obviously as like a budding transsexual <laughs> I was a little out there compared to everyone and I remember finding drag in high school through drag race and oh, I was obsessed instantly and so I kind of cut my teeth learning how to paint in my bedroom for a couple of years and then again Hitchcock is only two years old and that's when I really like went out performed you know went to shows in drag met the other girls did the whole nine
0: the whole ordeal to get booked and blessed tiny. it's a lot but I think that there's a lot of validity in like doing drag in your bedroom I feel like nowadays that's getting a lot more like momentum because a lot of kids that want to start, or teenagers that want to start doing drag, start doing it in their bedroom because there's not a lot of spaces where they can perform. Totally. So I think that this it's super valid to still do drag and just like paint and like either do TikToks or just paint and take pictures or just paint period
1: and play with it. I really think the pandemic also influenced that and digital drag especially. And I think it it takes a whole different skill set. It's like its own production. I mean, hell, even just getting this nice microphone to record this podcast with you i was intimidated
0: oh my god you didn't have to girl honestly for anyone out there like if you record on your iphone like the iphone phones with like the little microphone but with the cable not the airpods airpods sounds kind of like effy but like with the little cable those sound really good i don't know why i'm like i don't know what's on there but they sound like legit
1: yeah i just knew i wanted to feel the fantasy i was like if i'm gonna be staring natasha hundreds in the face for an hour i have to feel the fantasy
0: oh you're too kind you're to coin stop <laughs> That is so cool. Okay, so you moved to LA and did you do direct during the pandemic or was that for?
1: So, no. I moved to LA and originally during the pandemic, I was an EMT out of the valley and I had graduated from UCLA pre hospital care program at the end of 2020 and got hired at an ambulance company that shall remain unnamed for legal reasons. <laughs> and i only lasted a couple of months i want to say 6 months because it was the pandemic it was incredibly intense and i think as a 21 year old it was very intense and it was a little too much morality and reminder of the human fragility for me and i think what really pushed me over the edge was my dog died like mid 2021 uh, who i had grown up with and from there i i know it sounds like so silly but i realized that like life is short and i wanted to do so- something fun and something that felt important to me. And I also just wanted to kind of play with gender. And I feel like drag is such a gateway to do that for so many people.
0: That is a beautiful story. I'm sorry about Lily. I know that she is waiting for you, wiggling her tail. But you're right. It's not silly because life is too short. And you we cannot cannot spending doing things that make us miserable. The other day, again, <laughs> on TikTok, I saw this girl saying that the average lifespan is like 75. So like at like 30 what 35 30 something you are in your mid life it was like oh shit i'm almost getting there
1: (laughs) don't say that (laughs) i mean
0: honey (laughs) it's the tea i'm like am i having a midlife crisis maybe (laughs) no but like it's true i mean if we are only living till 75 then you're the middle of your life is like 30 something i was like okay yeah there's no time to waste energy or nothing on things that won't make you happy
1: Wow, and you just scared the horror queen on your own podcast.
0: I'm terrified now that you just said that. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> but I'll send you the video. I'm just kidding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, send me that TikTok, please. Thank you. Okay, maybe it's like the horror queen, Dr. Frankenstein and me, but I'm hoping science catches up to prolong our lives. I hope Natasha Hundreds is in her hundreds at that drag brunch. Still doing, still doing her thing. Oh my God, in a wheelchair?
0: Like, like okay, everyone, <laughs>
1: Oh my God. Oh <laughs> my God. Uh, I see it. I would die. Honestly, I think getting older is a privilege as queer people. And so I'm a big believer in taking care of yourself in drag. Because I feel like that is, our peers are maybe not thinking about resting their bodies and taking care of themselves as much as they should. Let's just say that. <laughs>
0: yeah, that is part of being professional too. Being professional is not only like being cordial and being on time. Like being professional when it comes to drag, I think that is also taking care of like your body not making sure that you're not injuring yourself that if you're doing stunts you're practicing them that if you're working late nights that you're not getting like blacked out every single one so i think that it comes to play a lot of us just don't realize it
1: (laughs) totally and i mean like that's so real i for a period like i was working at a coffee company that shall remain nameless for legal reasons
0: (laughs) and a lot of anonymity i don't know what the word is a lot of no, you had it anonymity and, oh you see I'm intellectual
1: <laughs> literally hundreds is also the last name and the IQ baby let's get into it uh. <laughs> <laughs> so for a while I was a barista and I had the morning shift and so I was working from like 4 a.m. to sometimes noon, sometimes like two in the afternoon. And honey, then I'd have to rest and around like five o'clock, six o'clock, start painting for the seven thirty eight gig. It was the most stressful, but also like the wildest and most fun time I had in drag. Like something about that grind is very self-destructive, but also kind of fun. (laughs)
0: it is no I feel you because when I just started I think I was like maybe like one year in drag I had this job at Irvine and I live in Long Beach and I had to be in the office every single day and you know I was off at five and then had to drive like maybe an hour maybe more in traffic to get home and started painting everything to get to the club at like nine I was like oh my gosh and then have to go home why do we do it to ourselves I don't know (laughs) I don't don't No. And you know what's funny? I don't know if you saw the drama with Art Simone and this last season of Dra- Down Under. No. But uh, for anybody that, that hasn't seen it, so there's a queen on Down Under on the latest season. I think it's season three. Um, And she said on, like, you know, the, when she's introducing herself, that she w- was not a full-time drag queen, that she was also had, a, like, another job to, like, maintain herself. Mm-hmm. And I guess Art Simone, I don't know if she tweeted this. I saw it on Reddit, so <laughs> she tweeted uh, that... You take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. But I think that i mean everyone was bucking it up so i think it was legit oh that she said something along the lines of like oh drag is such a passion project that you should be full-time and everyone came for her because i mean that's a place of privilege to be able to do drag full-time a lot of us need our other jobs to be able to put food on the table so it's wild i think that even has more merit doing drag and having another job because like we were just saying it's such a time (laughs) constraint
1: i am by no means i know i said it was fun earlier i'm by no means encouraging queens to engage in crazy work practices in fact the opposite i'm like the older I get, the bigger fan I am of naps and rests. (laughs) But I think, you know, doing drag full-time, it either comes with longevity or it comes with, like you said, an incredible place of privilege. Any queen that can do it full-time on their own merit or like how long they've been in a scene is incredible. And then any queen that can do it because of their privilege, that's great too. But uh, you can't go knocking someone else's method of survival. That's not cute. Literally.
0: (laughs) Especially because people were saying that Sydney's a very very expensive city I guess it's similar to like L.A. or New York where, you know, rent is very expensive. Gas is, everything is just fucking expensive.
1: I'm like, girl, like, calm down. Yeah, I'm very lucky and very blessed. I have the privilege of this 2020 rent price and uh, supportive parents who think uh, me doing drag is me being a rock star, uh, which is very sweet. You have to feel it. Yeah. Oh, I definitely feel it. Yes, go
0: ahead. I mean, in my <laughs> in, head, I'm... What era of Miley, though? <laughs> like Hannah Montana, Miley, or like... Oh, Plastic Hearts. Perfect. I can see that, actually.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, my drag. I feel like Miley is a newer influence on my drag. I definitely think the more she leans into, like, the raspiness of her voice and uh, kind of the rock and, like, punk elements of her persona, it really spoke to my character as, like, that's hot. I'm here for it. All right, now let's talk about Hitchcrafts.
0: I know that you do... Amazing work with these! I was stalking your Instagram, and I'm like, "Holy fucking shit!" Thank you. Like, these are some really cool pieces that you do. Like, how do you manage to come up with these ideas and like get them down to a fully realized costume or headpiece or helmet or whatever the case may be? What does that process look like?
1: Okay, wait. This is. I feel like this is going to be a roundabout answer, but it's the one I feel the best about. I went to college in Vermont in this tiny town with this tiny art school. It's called the Center for Cartoon Studies. I highly recommend looking it up. It's this tiny art school but uh, they really, I studied illustration and comics and one of the things they really emphasized was like bringing an idea to fruition. And that's really where I learned those skills. I mean, I start every look, every Hitchcock look has a sketch. Every Hitchcock look has, I call it my like paper Hitch doll. And it's just a file on my computer, a file in Photoshop that I draw on top of. And that's the beginning of every kind of like hint Hitchcraft piece. Honestly, like the whole hitchcraft came about uh, for those listeners at home. It's a highlight on my Instagram that I started to basically show off all of the projects I've been working on. And those are just kind of skills I developed over the years. I mean, I started playing around with fabric and learning how to sew shortly after I started drag around like 2022 took a couple classes you know like kind of got over my fear of the machine
0: yeah it's intimidating because i think that when i when i also started sewing i was like oh shit i don't want to mess this up but you have to be comfortable with the idea that you are going to mess it up like it's your first time touching it like there's no way around it but now it's just like boom boom let's do it
1: <laughs> yeah like i'm getting to the place where i feel really confident about my designs and my work i mean that from that i started playing around with eva foam and cosplaying i actually entered a cosplay competition at this comic book convention in West Hollywood called QCon. Highly recommend listeners and anyone check it out if you're into big gay comics, seeing a ton of gay artists in one space and a bunch of beautiful, talented queer people. But I kind of entered this cosplay competition and placed to my surprise. And from that, I got involved in like the cosplay community and really kind of studied crafting from that area before or kind of after I learned about like, you know, the drag sewing basics of like the spandex bodysuit. Right. <laughs> you know, like oh, <laughs> the gloves. The maxi skirt, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I would be remiss without mentioning like queens in the scene that really helped and inspired me. Um, Like shout out to Felony Dodger. Uh, downtown, another alternative queen in downtown LA who was very willing to answer questions. You know, that's another thing I wanted to talk about with drag, like. Uh, the community it's given me and the friends I've made through it in LA but also kind of all over the US now has been phenomenal and life-saving, honestly.
0: Yeah, it's crazy now with social media. Like, you get to connect with people all over the country, sometimes the world. And it's super reassuring because especially with all the hate that we are receiving nowadays with the legislations and all that bullshit around drag, it's just, like, super nice to connect with other people that are maybe experiencing something similar and you're like, okay, girl, this is not something that is just here. It's we are everywhere. We can connect with our people wherever they are.
1: Yeah. I mean, gosh, I had my first two out-of-state gigs this year. And really, I was excited to get booked out of state. I thought I was hot shit. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> As like a local girl, I feel like your first out-of-state out of, gig, uh, out of state gig. It's very like, oh my God. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> it's a, a, what do you call it? A, not, not a capstone. What do you call it? Milestone? A Milestone. Yes, it is. Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh, where were you?
1: So this amazing drag house in uh, Tucson, Arizona, booked me for their show. Um, they're called the Tarp Queens. Shout out to Piranha <laughs> Queen, Xena Arena, and Hava Dreyfus. They're quite the collection of queens. And oh my God, I'm just like so in love with them. I want you to picture like the Animaniacs meets Vivian Westwood meets trailer trash chic it's everything i am here
0: for it i know <laughs> the animaniacs
1: <laughs> really well okay we can also talk about cartoons because that's a huge inspiration for my drag as well um but just getting booked at their show in arizona introduced me to so many of the local queens in that scene and just seeing and hearing about like what their drag careers are like and what they do and how they like prep for their gigs uh the interactions in their scene the kind of if we're going with the analogy of the layer cake still, (laughs) the layers of their scene. It's, It's fascinating. We have all these little pockets of drag all over the country. And I'm just, I'm so in love.
0: We do. And I was talking to this queen at DragCon. Her name is Pollo del Mar. And she's a wrestler. So she does wrestling in drag. And she was, she's been doing drag for like 20 plus years. And she said that before Drag Race, before social media and everything, there was more like a, like a local, each each local drag scene had like its own thing. Like, oh, this is very pageanty, or that other scene is very that, etc. And now, like, I think that a lot of the communities or cities have like a mixture of all of it. And I think that's beautiful. And I think that's beautiful. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, who is she? I like her. Oh, my God. Oh, bring her on the podcast. Honey, I don't know. Who is that? There's Natasha hundreds and then there's Natasha $50 bill. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, the chain-smoking auntie of Natasha Hundreds. I think that's the I love her. It's <laughs> gonna be my alter ego when I want to be a cunt. <laughs> I'm just
1: gonna bring her out. <laughs> totally, yeah. I always say Heather Brunette. That's my, like, weho alter ego. <laughs> Heather Brunette, I can't. <laughs> it's her. Hitchcock Blonde, Heather Brunette. Very that,
0: very opposite. But you mentioned cartoons and that they were your inspiration. Which ones in particular did you feel like that they shaped a little bit of your drag? A little bit or a lot of it? A,
1: a lot of it. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) I mean, anyone who knows me knows I'm absolutely obsessed with Batman, the animated series. It's this early, like, Batman cartoon. Are you familiar with it? I don't think so.
0: Or maybe I've seen it because I I saw a lot of cartoons. I grew up in Mexico. So uh, maybe I saw it in Spanish and they had, like, a different name.
1: Right, right, right. Okay, okay. So it was this early Batman cartoon played on the, like, Warner Brothers Saturday morning cartoon block in, like, early 2000s. Like, it was from the 80s and 90s, but there are reruns. And it's... Where Harley Quinn, the character of Harley Quinn originated. And I mean, God, every like female villain on that show, like Poison Ivy, Harley Quinn, Talia Al Ghul, like all of these comic book women, they're kind of femme fatales, and they're all drawn. Ooh, here I can actually point my camera. Sorry, this is also visual on a podcast. Ooh, I see. Yeah, the the show was kind of drawn in this very pinopy style, kind of inspired by this artist named Bruce Tim. And all of the ladies just look very sharp and very like femme fatale. And I just, oh, I was so captivated, especially by Harley and like this idea of like a kind of a lovesick, crazy blonde. I think that was definitely one of the building blocks of Hitchcock.
0: <laughs> and now you are a lovesick, crazy blonde.
1: <laughs> Literally. And I mean, obviously my parents are big film lovers and lovers of old movies. And so I was exposed to Alfred Hitchcock films very young. And as dicey as that sounds, because those films can be a little creepy, and risque <laughs> and a little fucked up.
0: Girl, birds? I could not fucking sleep after seeing birds. Are you kidding me?
1: The birds, I waited until high school and I'm glad I did. But And I always tell people Hitchcock Blonde is like if you dipped Grace Kelly in uh, the acid that made the Joker. <laughs> it, it's like, I love the idea of this actress that. Kind of like fell or lost herself in her like villainess role. Hitchcock is also very inspired by like heavy metal ladies. I already mentioned like some pop stars, but. Definitely like Joan Jett, definitely Stevie Nicks. And uh, there's this female fronted uh, metal band called Concrete Blonde. And that's also what my name is a reference to. (laughs) I'm going
0: to have to stream some songs.
1: Yeah, totally. Highly recommend. I mean, like their classic goth hit is Bloodletting the Vampire song. And I think that says volumes about who I am. I can see that. I can see that. I mean, that's the other thing, too. I was such a horror nerd growing up. I don't know why I've always kind of been drawn to the macabre. Like, it started with Coraline and Tim Burton, and then it kind of developed into, like, psychological horrors, Dracula. Like, I'm obsessed with vampires. Like, every vampire movie, it's... I've seen it, and I lived it. (laughs) Which one's been your favorite? Oh, God. I mean, I just rewatched... Have you ever heard of The Hunger? I don't think so. Okay. The... Okay, you
0: really have seen every vampire movie. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Um. I, I mean, my favorite is probably, like, The Hunger or The Lost Boys. Highly recommend The Lost Boys. But The Hunger is a vampire movie starring David Bowie and Susan Sarandon. And... It's goth. It's sexy. It's so eighties. Susan Sarandon has this like almost like pompadour short haircut. The vampirism is very like subdued and it's more about like the relationships and it's very gothic. And I just rewatched it. I mean, but God, it's so hard to choose a favorite vampire movie.
0: It is. I love Queen of the Doom.
1: Uh, Queen of the Damned.
0: Damned, yes. Again, lost in translation. (laughs) No, 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 sorry. Yeah. (laughs) No, you're good. But I remember seeing it like as a kid because it it, it, on TV. And I'm like, I think there's a scene when everyone is just like, I don't know if it's an orgy or what is it? But like everyone is just like, on top of each other. And then Aaliyah is just there like, "Eh." I was just like, I was living. I was like, who is this woman? How can I become her?
1: (laughs) Uh, I mean, yeah, don't even get me started. Aaliyah as Akasha, Queen of the Damned is like, oh, that outfit that headdress and like body jewelry the girls are still trying to replicate that in
0: 2023 <laughs> literally and like the girls still get the reference you know when i see like a queen do it i was like immediately i'm like yep queen of the alia yep yep, I mean, yep,
1: god it's timeless i think it's one of those i mean alia's impact on drag hello. hello like we can talk about it alia's impact period but yeah no i love queen of the damned i love the anne rice uh like you know, Vampire Chronicles universe, especially.
0: I am obsessed. And I love that you mentioned, you know, cartoons, because I think that as queer artists, a lot of us draw inspiration from cartoons. I don't know what it is, but it's maybe that, I mean, at least that maybe this is my experience, right? For me, it was a way that I could see like powerful, like female figures without having like that pressure of like my parents being like, what are you watching? That is not for boys. You know what I'm saying? Totally, yeah. I was like, no, this is just a cartoon. And like, yeah, she's like, Like, a villain or whatever. She happens to be there. I'm definitely not watching because she's there, you know?
1: (laughs) No. Yeah. I mean, it's so real. I think it's an easy way to explore, like, a... Almost, like, a strong, different type of femininity that you might not see growing up in, like, a household. I mean, we can also talk about that. I mean, I I imagine what it was like growing up in Mexico. My dad is from Peru. I know there's an emphasis on machismo. And, like, I definitely know from, like, friends in, like, their culture. And, like, I definitely see that in my dad's family yeah I think about too we as like queer people can kind of sense when there are also queer people involved in cartoons and there are a lot of queer people involved in cartoons
0: I, and I love <laughs> it I love it as so I think as what cartoons like influence my drag I want to say obviously Yu-Gi-Oh yes did you ever watch it oh my gosh my valentine yes yeah, exactly. come on harpy exactly the harpy lady family oh my gosh big tits almost naked very vibrant colors and I think that's pretty much my drag is like all about the body all about the colors and like being a fucking bad bitch like my Valentine is oh I love her. I
1: mean yeah there's my there's the heartbeat ladies I definitely think the magicians are twink like they're listening to Rush by Choice of On (laughs) they're they're in the bars. They're doing
0: poppers in the weekends they're ordering their vodka soda. I
1: mean anime too
0: I can't there was this card that was a lion right there was this card that was a lion that's definitely a
1: furry I mean, yeah, that stuff is all over cartoons, too. And I think it's also a gateway into, like, a lot of people's interest and preferences when they maybe reach adulthood. Yeah. Exposing yourself as a furry on your own podcast. Very brave of you, by the way. (sighs)
0: Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's my truth.
1: (laughs) I love it. I love furries. Listen,
0: they are very fun. I feel like people have just, like, this preconception about them because they don't understand them a lot of the times. And I'm like, girl, there's nothing for you to understand. Just let them be.
1: Yeah, I mean, right? I think the golden rule is, like... Like, if it's not harming others and you're not harming yourself, then like, you know, to thine own self be true. Exactly. And I mean, like, I come from, you know, like, art school and growing up online, like, in the art internet, about to deviant art. Like, I know furry artists are professional, polished, and usually really nice and accommodating.
0: They are. <laughs> as silly as that sounds. No, they are. And they're cunty. <laughs> I was in uh, Mexico City for the summer and there was this there was this girl that everyone referred to her as mother. We were uh, like at a dive bar, dive club, I guess. Uh, and everyone was calling her mother, mother, mother. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I noticed that she was wearing like a little skirt mm-hmm. and she had a butt plug with like a furry tail coming out. I'm like, that love. is mother. That is mother.
1: I was just at a circuit party and saw a guy with a little puppy tail and it's a look. It is. I'm like, okay, mother. Really? I love mother. Oh, What is drag like in Mexico City? I've always been so curious. It
0: is really good, bitch. Yeah? I came back like inspired Tired because those bitches are turning it out, I went to like a couple. I actually a, a bunch of shows, and they were always look very polished. Like a lot of rhinestones, a lot of energy. And the thing there is that you know here, like in LA, you get to the gig and then you do a number, and then you go change and then do another one. Over there, they show up ready. I think they have like a changing area, but I don't think it's very big for the most part. But they show up ready and they do long ass sets, like thirty minute sets in the same outfit, just like random songs, and they keep. like twirling and bucking and oh my god it's a lot of fucking work respect
1: yeah I was gonna say I mean I yeah again it's like I have such admiration for the drag I can't do I'm so willing to put in a ton of work to like make something or to like you know design something or whatever but the work and, like, the way queens, like, the queens in Mexico City, like, the queens who are dancing down, like, you know, five nights a week, uh, I just have such respect. Same.
0: I love that phrase that you said. I have so much respect for the drag that I can't do. Because, same. Yeah. Like, drag like like yours that I, I cannot do it. If you ask me to do something like that, I'm like, okay, bitch, I am lost. Like, where do I even fucking start? But I, I love seeing it. I think, I don't know if I said it while we were recording, but drag, like, your drag is like a breath of fresh air I'm like oh it's different and
1: I, I love it thank you that's really that's really nice to hear you know we we joked a little bit in the top of the podcast about how drag goes unappreciated and a lot of times I you know I'm just now starting to kind of catch up to you darling and get better about making content around my little craft projects just so people can kind of take a peek behind my curtain and see like you know what goes into it but uh, it's my favorite thing to do Listen, in drag. put him
0: on TikTok and people will love what eat them up because they They love seeing the behind the scenes, like how, you know, a look comes to light. Oh gosh. We've talked about so many things. I feel like this, the time has really flown by
1: Really, I'm having a great time <laughs> oh,
0: That's all That's all it that counts for me and I'm having So much fun getting to know you a lot
1: more yeah, Likewise, I can't wait to interrogate You someday too
0: Ooh, I would love that, I would love that Because I think that's another project that Is kind of like cooking up right now Right, because I saw the LA Dragazine on your Instagram Can you talk a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, of course, LA Dragazine is A drag scene I'm starting kind of based out of Los Angeles, focused on the LA scene, but also just about drag in general. When I set out to start this, I wanted to create something that would be a platform to highlight all different kinds of performers and watching the growing misrepresentation of drag and the way the media kind of has no idea what they're talking about when they talk about drag. um, I thought it would be beneficial to kind of take our representation into our own hands. And on top of that, create like a, an archival document, something that maybe captures that kind of magic that you can only get from like the local LA drag scene or the Long Beach scene or wherever it is just kind of spotlighting, you know, Drag I Encounter. And right now it's open submissions, you know, so the zine is primarily made up of art, poetry, writing, photography, drag interviews, mostly submitted by drag artists or people like adjacent to drag artists like our lovely photographers and allies. And then the rest is curated content uh, by me and like my small team. And then also a guest um, centerfold highlight model. Every issue. <laughs> it's all very exciting. It's still very new, but um, yeah, submissions are currently open.
0: I am obsessed because there's nothing like that. There's magazines that highlight a little bit of drag. You know, like RuPaul was like, there's been magazine covers or whatever, or, like other like famous drag queens, like the Rue Girls. Um, or even the belay brothers but i don't think there's enough representation for like the artists that are like in in the scene you know what i'm saying so i love this project because of that i also that's why i started the podcast too because there's a million and one podcast about RuGirls, girls and i'm like what about us i want we want to have our moment too
1: yeah and i mean gosh any listener of your show by now certainly understands how drag performers come from all walks of life We all have quite the stories. Like, you know, our people in our community who have experienced uh, homelessness and just still continue to do drag. People in our community who have experienced like such adversity and still found ways to be like incredible entertainers and successful entertainers. And I feel like we can only do so much before we can get on TV and before we can get on that kind of platform. And that's not even for everybody. And I think, you know, Dragazine. anyone submitted and chosen to be in the magazine will get paid for their contribution because ultimately I think you know, that's also what this is about, right? Like putting money in performers' pockets in a way that doesn't involve them, you know, let's say injuring their lower back in a death drop or <laughs> staying up till all hours of the night in a bar doing drag, you know? It's uh, just another platform, just another way to support our community.
0: I am obsessed. Um, has any issues been out yet? I wasn't able to find any just no, yet.
1: This is brand new. Bear with us. <laughs> but I... Like, I have a ton of experience making zines, obviously in college. I'm very excited. I'm working with some incredible collaborators. That to be announced, I can't reveal all of my goodies just yet. Ooh. But it's, it's looking to be an exciting issue. There's, you know, the centerfold and the main interview. There's Drag Dispatch, where I interview a drag queen from outside of Los Angeles. There's an original Hitchcock Blonde comic, and then Wow, I mean, some of the submissions we've already received took my breath away. I'm so excited to kind of put this together. Uh, Obviously publishing moves at like a glacial pace. (laughs) So expect the first first issue sometime in 2024 but hopefully by the time this airs i have more updates and more content coming soon i
0: am i can't wait honestly take your time don't feel pressure but i can't fucking wait to see it because again i don't think there's anything to my knowledge that is similar to this i think it's super unique and it's super needed in our community like you said it's been super misrepresented as far as an art form and this is just gonna shed some light into again the background of like who we are and what we do and not just what the media is putting into everyone's TVs.
1: You know, it's so important that we have some kind of record. I mean, God, how many times have you been at a bar and seen an incredible performance? And I don't know, maybe not everyone got that Instagram story. Not everyone got that video or those pictures. And I just think about how much cool stuff has been lost to time. You know, it kind of seems like as queer artists, you're either like Keith Haring and you're like merchandise Uh, We'll keep airing as a bad example, but you know what I mean, like turned into a commodity or like kind of made into um, uh, something outside of the art. Or you're, like, lost to obscurity. Yeah. I think a lot about, you know, our queer ancestors and especially, like, drag artists that came before us that maybe we won't never know about. And that scares me, especially seeing all the talent in L.A. I mean, alone. Like, we could talk about Chicago. We could talk about Tucson. We could talk about New York. Like, baby.
0: <laughs> I need so much talent across the country. Mexico
1: City, the U.K., like, across the world even. And, yeah, I mean, God, it's ultimately what I want to do, too. I. you know, I I learned a lot this year that really my ultimate goal in drag is to just be able to work on creative projects with my friends and put money in the pockets of my friends. And, you know, it's funny when I first started in the scene, I was a little more jealous and I was a little more like, you know, I'd look at other girls and my immediate instinct was like, oh, I want to do that. Why don't I get that? Um, And I think it's a trap a lot of performers fall into because we all want it so much. but. I, I've really learned a lot this year that the attitude really is more like if one of us eats, we all eat. And what's good for one of us is good for all of us. And
0: right now we're all eating honey.
1: <laughs> very, very... No, I mean, gosh, wait. Should we pull up the TikTok? Let's pull up the follower count. Oh no! Uh, no. Yes. No, I have to. I have to. I'm like a proud mom. Yep. Okay. We're come on. Twenty one k. Twenty one point eight k. Oh my god. Miss Natasha, hundreds eating. But you
0: know what? When I also started, I was very like that too. I spent so much like energy and like I give a lot of myself peace like looking at what other girls were doing that probably, like, started at the same time. But obviously, they put so much more, like, effort into it. And, like, it's okay. You know? Like, but I was also very much like, oh, why is she performing there and not me? Like, oh, why is... You know? All that. I'm like, girl, why? Like, you know, that's not gonna help
1: you. I mean, it's so real. I think, you know, it's the one thing if I could go back in time and visit, you know, baby Hitchcock, like... You know, a ghost from a the Christmas Carol. <laughs> I would I would tell her, take a deep breath and realize you've only been doing this for a couple months. And the queens you're so jealous of have been doing this for years, decades. Older, wiser, stronger, cuntier, <laughs> <laughs> Faster. <light. laughs> Faster, yeah. Yeah, just take a breath and give yourself grace and time. I mean, God, and like time to perfect your craft. Nothing happens quickly, nothing good and nothing built to last happens quickly, anyway.
0: That part because a lot of things happen quickly, but nothing good happens quickly, really. Yeah,
1: although, oh gosh, I will say I had some opportunities kind of pop up this year that happened quickly that were incredible. And it's easy to think that these things happen quickly, but then you kind of go back and realize, oh no, this has kind of been building for a while, and like all of your hard work really pays off.
0: No, literally, because it's not just like that happened like in like a week or a span of a week that you know got to your plate because all the hard work that you've been putting into for the last couple of years and that's how i feel too i'm like okay now that i'm getting things it's not because you know it's coming out of the blue it's because all these work that we've been putting into
1: yeah totally I did want to mention this real quick and then we can get back to the flow of conversation. But I did get permission. I can be cheeky about it, but I can't talk about designing stuff for Drag Race if you want to ask.
0: Oh, my God. I mean, I don't want to get you in trouble or any future contestants in trouble. So I'll stay very vague and very general. So did, did you have a chance to work on like a costume or was it like a mask? What what kind of gigorama was it, Mama?
1: <laughs> oh my god it is weird to kind of talk about this after not being able to see for a while but I got the opportunity to design a runway uh for an upcoming unnamed drag television program <laughs> I'm doing a lot of that this episode I'm so sorry ooh Hitchcock Blonde no
0: it's fine I think it it builds the mystery you know like ooh what is she talking about what coffee company is it the coffee bean is it Dunkin'
1: Donuts is it Peace Coffee I got the opportunity Opportunity to design a runway and at first it started with you know this queen just seeing some seeing a hitchcraft on my Instagram story and loving what I was doing and wanting to do a look inspired by it. And so that happened around April and I mean God from April to like what felt like halfway through May, I was just grinding on it. I I started off saying I'll make one part of the outfit and then it ended up being a whole runway. And wow, it's just like, I mean, really, I just worked on it and uh, got to pack it up and ship it. And then I really know nothing else. (laughs) But I I do want to say, you know, we're talking about like my creative process with this. It was a lot of planning, a lot of calendar deadline making, a lot of accounting for my ADHD. And then I I do want to say I couldn't have done it without a handful of my friends and performers. Like really my my community came through with me on that. And again, I was able to kind of microdose my dream, which is like, you know, paying my friends to work on something creative. That
0: is amazing. I cannot wait to see I cannot wait to see how this turns
1: out <laughs> of course you would say that uh, get the upper glasses Henny
0: I'm sure it's gonna be fucking fabulous cause I've seen your work and it's amazing like it's so important to put your work out there because a lot of the times we don't and like if we don't like how are we gonna get discovered
1: very that but even so like I will say anytime I've like tried to intentionally get discovered or anytime I've like put myself out there in a way that maybe wasn't as genuine. It didn't get as much of a response as truly just being like kind and genuine and making friends and like being there for people and being there for people who are there for you. I'm sure you feel this too. And like you, I want to hear your take on this, but like anytime someone like comes to a show comes to see me perform or takes me up on my offer to come over for like a crafting day I'm like okay like you know like you're really you like you really want to reach out and I want that too. I
0: am 100% with you like I'm so grateful for the people that support me like even with the podcast like this is truly like a labor of love honey like it's not like I'm making millions out of this like and not at all so I am super like grateful for the people that want to like do this and be my guest and talk shit for an hour like this uh, like it's it means truly like the world to me because I feel like I guess yeah we are helping each other because we are providing like a space for like people to to get to know the artists but I'm also like living my fantasy of like hosting my own show you know so uh, that means the world that you know the people are willing to to help out with that
1: you're giving like a Jimmy Kimmel fantasy like this is the late night oh my god
0: yeah I am giving Jimmy Kimmel right now in this living room (laughs) oh
1: my god no for the viewers at home I want you to imagine us in the most gorgeous, gigantic sculptural wigs and the most gorgeous <laughs> ornate gowns. That's exactly what we look like. It's
0: beaded, honey. It's, you know, rhinestoned. It's, I'm course at it right now.
1: Definitely. Oh, cinch, pinch, pluck and tuck. Come on. Oh my God. I know. Yeah. No, let's really talk about it. Two years in and I have the worst drag mouth ever, but I can't help it. I love it. Drag mouth? <laughs> you know, when you like eventually are in the scene long enough and you start really talking like a queen and everything becomes like, yes, God, mama. And like, it stops being ironic and it starts being like a worship of Laganja Stranja, And the vocal fry from LA set in too, honey. So I really, I really swung for the fences on that one. (laughs) But listen,
0: I think it's a, it's a cultural thing, you know? Like now we can do it because we've been doing drag for a minute. But like, it kind of like upsets me when like the white straight girls are like,
1: Oh yes, go ahead. Oh yes, honey.
0: And I'm like, um, okay. But like, I feel like we've been long enough, like, you know, in the dressing rooms, like kicking with the girls that we're like, okay, we can say it. It's like the F word, you know, like, okay, we can say it.
1: Literally, (laughs) you know, it's the same reason I'm a horror queen. I think obsession and fear kind of go hand in hand. And I think straight people are kind of afraid of drag a little bit deep down, but also are so obsessed with like our power, our culture, our... You know, the the lingo that I mean, even God, the lingo. No, I should really call it what it is, which is like its own language created by a history of like queens of color. The
0: jargon.
1: The jargon, yeah. What is it called? Colloquialisms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I love it. And I think about it too. Like, you know, even if the straight girls are saying, yes, Gaga and whatever, even if the girls are going boots down, you know, I kind of think about it like Invasion of the Body Snatchers queering up the space. like. If we're making the world a little bit gayer, a little bit queerer, I'm happy about it. You're right, you're right. It's like, it's like how many adults in Los Angeles are wearing pink after the Barbie movie? Hello. True, the impact. Turns out I don't have depression. I just needed to see more pink in the world.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. That cured me. Or like how many people were quoting the Jasmine Masters Anna Oop after it came out? I had straight coworkers workers saying Anna Oop and I'm like, did you know where that came from? And she's like, oh, oh, I just know it's a meme. And I'm like, honey, not just a meme. I wanted to slap her. I was like, this is a legend. This is an
1: icon. I mean, it's crazy not to call us old because we're not old. But I think about like, I think about the attitude towards queer people in like 2008, you know? Like even 2010, 2012. And like, now we have drag queens on Family Feud. Now we have like drag queens on Disney. Kimora Hall was in a Disney movie. Like, what? That is. Yes. That's huge. And I think nowadays, too, it's so easy to lean into pessimism. And I really want to try to celebrate every little inch that we take because it's it's really the only thing we can do yeah right? drag has
0: come a long way and someone that still has that's come a long way and that still has a lot more ahead is you so I wanted to ask what is next for you you've been saying a little bit here and there but I did wanted to ask what are some of your short-term goals maybe for in the next 12 months and what is your ultimate goal in, in drag and
1: for, for your heart oh, what a simple easy to answer question yeah. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) I think ultimately my goal in drag is to have fun. Like the minute it stops being fun is the minute I'm out of here, baby. I want to support other performers. I'm really interested in like drag comics, drag journalism, drag photography. I really just... I'm, I'm such a fan as well as a creature and a participant. I obviously have the dragazine coming out. Hopefully by the time this airs, my Patreon will be up and running and you can go ahead and vote on what merch design I'll be releasing first. I'll have stickers and t-shirt designs available up there as well as some tutorials about some of my hitchcrafts, as we've mentioned. Bitch, shut
0: up. I'm signing up right now. Where is that linked? <laughs> I need the tutorials.
1: Hopefully by the time this drops, it'll be out. <laughs> Again, y'all, she's trying her best and we're drag queens so not everything is going to be on time 100% I feel that
0: (laughs) have forgiveness have mercy darling it's drag time you're fine you're fine
1: (laughs) exactly and then I do want to let the dear listeners know at home how helpful and sweet you've been in helping me start and kind of guide me in starting my own podcast which is coming up soon I hope to start releasing episodes in October but that's called Hitch Talks and uh Basically, I'm a naturally curious drag queen with a lot of very crazy, interesting friends. And I mean, not to come for your gig, Miss Hundreds, but (laughs) it's quite the interview show. Um, I want to review horror movies. I want to have Little Miss Hitchcock's book club. All going to be very fun. It's all going to be very cute. I
0: love it. Um, Listen, I don't care. Like, every time that a queen or somebody else, like somebody else queer asks me like, oh, I want to start a podcast. I'm like, please do it. I love listening to podcasts. I even will give you the, the website that I use to distribute it. Shout out to Spotify for podcasts. Please, I'll connect you to my team that edits. Like, it's, like, please do. Please do. I love podcasts. I love getting to know people, especially drag artists. So, listen, there's room for everybody.
1: And I mean, you already signed your name in my book of spells and agreed to come on. So, I'll be summoning you soon, darling.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do your witchcraft, Henny, and I'll... Oof, I'll out. <laughs> and I mean, like,
1: obviously, an ultimate goal. I'd love to do something like Drag Race or Dragula, if only just to show off talents. And again get that money to lift up other queer people and have some fun and cause some chaos.
0: Yes. Chaos and make money while doing so? Hey, sign me the fuck Mm -hmm.
1: up. Exactly. (laughs) Wait, can I turn it around and ask that question of you? Ooh. What are some of your long-term goals? I mean, God, every time I see you running around DragCon or, (laughs) again, like, doing your interview life, doing your interview judge, it's like the Gail Weathers of drag. It's everything. I
0: can't. (laughs) I love it. I would love to become like that a drag correspondent that you know it's sent to events maybe red carpets or other just like events and like be there and, and, and interviewing people. Oh
1: you'd be fabulous at that. oh, my oh God. I think I would I could I think it. I
0: would so I I would love to do that.
1: Hey I giggled I left I had a great time <laughs> I think you can do it. <laughs> Oh, and for the viewers at home, Natasha's very cute when she laughs. Oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you. The camera helps. I have to be mean in this last little bit. Your listeners are going to think I'm too nice. You're
0: like, where's the horror? Where's the... <laughs> no. Oh,
1: I'd love it if you ever did horror, though. Come for me.
0: <laughs> I don't think I could. I don't think that's in my wheelhouse. That's why I love horror drag. But I don't think... I- I'll try. I'll try a couple times. I've been also wanting to try, like, drag king makeup.
1: Yes, so Ugh.
0: maybe maybe I'll do the, I'll play around with with that.
1: You should. I think it's fun to see how the other side does it.
0: Yeah, for. and be like, okay, yep, not for me. <laughs> but or, or maybe it is for me, and I'm I'm gonna develop a Nathan Hundreds. I don't know, like a, an alter ego,
1: <laughs> Nathan the mysterious twin brother. Uh
0: huh. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or I don't know, like a Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde type situation, or Mrs Hyde, I should say. Mm-hmm. I love it. Ooh, that'd
0: be cute. Like a, at least a photo shoot. Ooh, I love this. I think I'm going to make it happen, yeah?
1: Free idea. <laughs> yeah.
0: Free content. Listen, that's why queer people need to collaborate more often because the juices flow in all kinds of ways. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, now... I feel the rush. I think I steal the idea, but also my attitude is if I do it too, may the best woman win. Oh gosh.
0: Now we are entering my favorite part of the podcast, which is the drag tip of the week. Hitchcock, if you could give away one piece of advice to new drag artists, what would that be? I know you've sprinkled a couple tips here and there. They've been really helpful. But if listeners had to walk away with one, what would that be?
1: You know, I, (laughs) I can think of so many hard lessons. I've learned in drag, like, obviously not as experienced as one Miss Hundreds, but rode hard and put away wet for sure. Um, and I think- <laughs> I'm not even that
0: experienced either. I'm just like, you know, here. Well, wait, how old are you?
1: You don't mind me asking? I am 32. No, no, in drag years. Sorry. Oh,
0: fuck. <laughs> now people know I'm old as shit. And <laughs> I'm just kidding. Ah, <laughs> clocked. <laughs> uh, clocked, honey. The souls are going to clock. No. In drag, I'm five.
1: Oh, okay. You're still very young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things I learned is, finish your project. Oh, I meet gosh. so many drag queens, so many artists, period. I meet Taylor's oldest time. I'm- Girls, you know, I'm with the ADHD. I feel the struggle too. I start a million things and then just never finish them. The difference between you and the person you envy is the person you envy finishes their work. It's like the, the person that you want to do, where you want to be, I guarantee you they're finishing their work. And I have given a lot of love to myself in that, you know, it doesn't have to be immediate and I don't have to start something and then see it all the way through if I'm not having fun. But I've been really trying this year to discipline myself to come back and finish everything I start every project every you know like emailing a producer about a show every uh, work conversation don't ever go don't ever let it go dead like always finish what you start that would be the number one thing I feel very attacked
0: no don't <laughs> no I, I mean in the good way though because there's so many things that i don't finish like there's so many things that are half sewn in my closet there's so many videos that i haven't finished editing or recording there's so many things that i'm like you know what you're right because i don't know what it is but i mean yes you have to be gentle with yourself and be like okay if i'm not in the right mind space or headspace to finish this it's valid and like okay let it go but okay come back to it when you're you know Feeling better, And I feel like I have to be better at that, at coming back to these projects that I have, you know, laying around.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. And this kind of goes back to my creative process. I spend a lot of time just thinking and like overthinking about my ideas. When I get really excited on something and when I have that momentum, of course I want to follow it. Like, why would you fight your body's natural kind of attention span and rhythm. There really is something to starting something and taking some time and taking some distance and coming back to it and making it even better. I've been stoning this body suit for like four months, <laughs> which ain't that the way. Like bless her heart, she's trying her best. But I took some time off because I had to travel and I had to do other gigs and I had to do things. And when I came back to it, I realized, oh, There are not enough stones. It is not enough, and I need to be following the pattern more precisely. And you know, it's just like that room to breathe and coming back with fresh eyes is so important. But Miss Hundreds, I have to say, Mama Hitchcock is about to scold you right now because I think my other big advice is we as performers and we especially just as people are so hard on ourselves and we always have something to prove because we walk in a room where we might be misrepresented or where we might be judged and this is a business it's like a business and a cutthroat business at that this is the horror capital of the world the doll capital of the world like
0: (laughs) yes oh my gosh you've been talking so many great things first of all yes we do have to be more gentle with ourselves because I think that that's a common denominator that i've been finding with like doing these interviews a lot of us are so harsh on ourselves and i'm like girl we are doing the best we can a lot of us have other gigs we all have a you know friends that we want to stay in touch families everything so it's hard we have to give ourselves some some credit for everything that we're doing and the other thing that's helped me like continue projects when that i have halfway It's telling myself 30 minutes is better than zero minutes or 15 minutes is better than zero minutes. So even if I'm working on this, like, you know, costume for 15 minutes, it's so much better than not working on it at all and that can apply to so many things it can apply to like working out you know going for a walk for 15 minutes is better than not working out at all or cleaning my house for 15 minutes is better than not cleaning at all so you know I I think that that's also very helpful and that's really you know been like so good at like finishing things and guess what I saw it on TikTok talk
1: about like bringing community together talk about finding like new ways to have a creative process TikTok is huge for that as silly as I think it feels I mean gosh do we even want to bring up the A AI trend that's been going on.
0: I can't stand it. I cannot stand it. You mean the, oh, roses, mm, yeah. thank you, or that? Oh, I hate it. But I mean, if it works for some people, I'm like, I guess, make your coin. Maybe I'm just bitter.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, underpaid, underappreciated. We can talk about it all day. I think it's, it's kind of like the Wild Wild West right now in the best way. Like you can find anything on there. It's so anti-gatekeeping and like the sharing of information. You know, some of the crafts I make, I find patterns on TikTok. I'm huge into uh TikTok seamstresses, learning how to sew from people on TikTok. Shout out to Natasha hundreds Come through. Uh, <laughs> literally I believe in the business we call it walking children in nature. Yes. I definitely have more drafts coming down the pipe. the watch this space as we love to say in this business. <laughs> yeah. Secret <laughs> project.
0: Ooh, Ooh coming yeah I love that. I love when whenever <laughs> see a story like a big thing is coming up and i'm like okay where i always
1: love it i see like watch this space i'm like what the empty space between your ears
0: <laughs> i will that's what i have okay i can relate to that <laughs> But Hitchcock, this has been a fucking lovely conversation. I have been enjoying you so much. Where can people see the great things that are coming from you? On social media, on the shows, where can everybody support you? Yeah,
1: let's get ready. No. <laughs> <laughs> I am on Instagram at Hitchcock Blonde Queen. Uh, in my bio, you can find my link tree. It links to all of my different social medias. By the time this drops, I'll have Patreon, I'll have Etsy. You can go ahead and check out the LA Dragazine Instagram. That's at LA Dragazine, and go ahead and check out the link in the bio. Open submissions, to LA Dragazine, close October first. So make sure to get those submissions in. Oh, I'm telling you, it's so exciting. And Hitch Queen on the Dying app, formerly known as Twitter. And if you really want to summon me, just look in the mirror in a dark bathroom and chant Ch-ch-ch-ch. over and over. Okay, that was scary. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, ASMR warning. Sorry to the listeners. (laughs) Ooh.
0: I love it. There's a lot coming your way. Again, I can't wait to see how this turns out because I know it's just going to be fabulous. Oh gosh. Thank
1: you again so much for having me. Thank you so much for all you do for other performers. I think from the first time I met you at Redline, I can't remember actually if it was Redline or if it was at that weird uh, drag eating competition. You were just like such a kind presence in the scene and this was such a fun conversation again feel free to come over to craft anytime listen
0: i'll be like okay can we do this and it's gonna be like a crazy ass project and you're gonna have a partner for like months because <laughs> we know we're not gonna finish it the one night <laughs> let's
1: do it let's do it the ladies who lunch the ladies who sew mm-hmm. the ladies who hitchcraft. yes practicing hitch crafts, baby
0: i am obsessed thank you all so much for listening if you want to support the pod you can do it by giving us a five star rating by sharing it with your friends oh gosh and if you want to support me follow me on instagram at the1natasha that is t h e the number 1 and then natasha i have to look at how i spell natasha n a t a s h a thank you all see you next week thank you. Bye. bye thank you for listening to a hundred steps to drag If you like my podcast, don't be shy. Share it with your friends. Leave me a review. If you didn't like it, you're probably homophobic. This episode was edited by Chow Panda Productions. I'll see you next Tuesday.